0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hello, once again, everybody. Welcome to your Friday edition of Fantasy NBA Today. This is, of course, the week in review and speed round weekend preview edition of the podcast. It is the uh, final episode we'll do here on week four. Floss track already. (laughs) Oh, it's a one. Two, yeah, it's week four. It's week four. Um, final episode here on week four before we return on Monday for our reverse chronological lightning round. You guys know how these Friday episodes go. We will have ads, drops, holds, streamers, watch list guys, buy and sell list names. That all emerged over the course of the last four days of basketball, four to five days. So yes, some of the names will be kind of like a yeah, Dan. We already talked about that. I already knew it. Um, but, and, and for those, I'll probably speed through them a little bit, but the nice thing about being able to talk about it here on the podcast is that I can, uh, explain it. You put this type of thing out on social media, and it's very confusing. That said, please do follow me on social. I am at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Sportsethos.com is the website at BK. I do want to take a moment here at the front end of today's podcast to address something that happened in the fantasy basketball industry yesterday that is not directly related to our weekend review but I think needs to be addressed and that is um uh, the amazing folks over at Rota World were kind of out of the blue let loose yesterday. I don't know if you guys heard about that news but you know if you're if I'm breaking it to you here on the podcast Many of the biggest names in fantasy basketball, including the great Dr. A, among others. I don't want to leave folks out, so I'm not going to try to do the entire list here of folks that uh, were the face of Roto-World for 20 plus years and just sort of cast off. And, you know, there's not a whole lot that I can say on the podcast that's going to do any good in this situation. I've reached out to uh, most of them, some of them a few of them uh, on the side. That's not the point. The point is that something big happened yesterday, and I think we all need to take just a quick second to sort of reflect on it. You know, nobody died, obviously, so I don't, like, this is not a moment of silence or something, and these guys are are absolutely, should they desire, going to continue in the industry, but uh, that was, it was just, uh, it was awful the way it went down. Um Many of them have been on this podcast. I've become friends with many of them. And just to see their lives changed so abruptly and without warning was a bit nauseating. And I, I can't even imagine what they're going through right now. So if you have a moment, send your thoughts to those dudes. Uh, they'll be back on their feet soon. I am 180% positive of that. But shout out to the amazing work that the guys over at World have done for so long. And uh, anti out to the folks that made the decision to just blow up a basketball unit that's been the, the pinnacle of fantasy basketball coverage for over two decades. That sucked. Um, how do you pivot into fantasy sports from that? I guess you just sort of have to go. And so what we'll do here is we'll start with the ads and we'll work our way down the board. I want to start with the third time mentions in the ads department, and that's Marcus Morris and De'Anthony Melton. Uh, I know Melton has been kind of weird, actually, since slotting into the starting lineup. His minutes have gone up, but his value has gone down, and we just need to sort of bear with it, because we saw it took him a few games to figure out what his job was going to be on the bench. It's even harder, I think, to figure out what your job is going to be with a starting unit where you do you have to figure out where you slot in among Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris whereas with the bench unit it's like okay well like i think i can pretty much grab the reins on this thing and uh we'll roll with it take me a couple days figure that out but then he got it cooking this is a guy you got to stick with because we know historically great defensive stats have been his calling card he can put up points in a hurry when he gets going there's just too many things to like about Melton's stat set. And despite a couple of really bad shooting games and weird fantasy lines, he's still number 85 overall. So don't abandon ship there. Harden, from all we hear, is not that close. Uh, so just keep rolling with who you're rolling with. Meanwhile, I don't know why I need to put him on here again, but I'm going to because no one is talking about how good Marcus Morris Sr. has been. He is number 50, 5 0 in nine category leagues, as we speak, 15.6 boards over two assists, a steal over two three-pointers, 49% from the field, which does feel ripe for a drop-off. He's made all of his free throws. Admittedly, that's seven out of seven, so it's not a huge number, but it's useful, and a relatively low turnovers as well. Um, he's right in there in a pack with guys like Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo and John Collins and Jalen Brown. So, like, yeah, he to say he's been good... It probably doesn't even do it a full service. Second time member on the list, Contavius Caldwell-Pope, who's number 52 in 9K. He's right there with Marcus Moritz. Actually, relatively similar fantasy lines, both doing a good job at field goal percent for the time being. KCP a higher steals number. We knew he was going to be just an absolutely terrific fit next to Jokic and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., and there's just all this floor spacing and movement. That offense is killer, all five starters are inside the top 90 right now for Denver, many of them much higher than that. Uh, sorry, Jamal Murray's not, but if you look at the last two weeks he is, you just sort of wipe out the ramp-up games. Uh, KCP, I think, is going to be good for pretty much the entire season. Like, there's, there's sort of no reason to expect him to drop off. And while we're on the topic of Denver, a first-time member of this list, Bones Highland, who's actually been very, very good the last week after getting off to an horrendous start. Just a truly horrible start to the year. He didn't seem like he was. his minutes were far from guaranteed, but he's played much better. Last three games, he's inside the top 60. 18 points, three boards, four assists. That's despite a field goal percent that hasn't actually been that great in there, but the steals, the threes have been nice. I don't know that this is a thing that keeps up. Some of it was uh, blowout-related. Some of it wasn't. He's just playing better. The efficiency looks better lately. I think it's worth rolling with and see how it goes. And the other two first-timers on this part of the list, Mo Bamba, who has, and I quote, one good game under his belt. But that's the thing about a guy who, when you look back at, say, last year, for example, where the team makeup actually wasn't that different, Mo was number 53 in 25 and a half minutes per ball game on the shoulders of really good blocks, decent percentages, 11 points, eight rebounds. So rebounds, blocks, threes. He had one and a half, three pointers per game. Uh, He played 71 games last year also. Now this season, his numbers have been a train wreck and you know, he's not inside the top 200, but again, this is one of those guys where if things start to pivot a little bit to where he's getting say 22 to 25 minutes per ball game, does he get to top 50 again? Probably not. Now, like as we just saw, that's 25 to 26 minutes per game. But 22 to 24 gets him inside that 75 to 90 range, and that's a guy, these guys don't just grow on trees at this point in the season. I don't know. Th- I put him in the ads department because I think you want to get out in front of it. We'll have a better idea of what he is after the game tonight because then they're off for a couple of days, and at that point, you know, if he plays well, you, have, you kind of have missed your chance, and if he doesn't, You'll probably see him cast off into the waiver wire because his schedule isn't very good. But this is one I think you want to get out in front of. And the other one is Alexei Pokoshevsky, who is kind of the other side of the fantasy coin to a Mo Bamba because his percentages are god-awful. But he can score, he can pass, he can board a little bit, steals, blocks, threes. He does all of those county things, and then he's just horrible in efficiency. So the question now for someone like Pokushevsky is, We've seen him play well for the last couple of ball games. It seems like the team is ready to give him a few more minutes. I mean, the double overtime is going to tip that a little bit, and then he had two days off. So like, if you look at the last week for Poku, he's number eight, but that's one ball game. If you look at the last two weeks, now you're talking about more like, I don't know, four games, something like that. So that's a little bit of a better sample size. And he's still been top 50 in that range. 11 points, seven and a half boards two assists, one and a half steals, over two blocks per game because he's been he's been doing really well in that department. Uh, and this is, again, despite not shooting the ball well or not hitting his free throws, because he can do so many other things, you have to at least see this thing through. You have to. If he falls, he falls. If they bench him, they bench him. But again, you want to get out in front of situations like that one and make sure you're not trying to play catch-up because at that point, it's just too late. Next thing on the board, drops for the week. Monte Morris is a drop. And I feel very happy that I have exactly zero Monte Morris's on any of my fantasy teams. So terrific. Um, But he's outside the top 150 now, and he's just doing nothing at all. Uh, Do I think his free throw percent comes up? Yes, I think it probably does. Does his field goal percent tick up a little bit? Yeah, that probably does also, but it's just not going to be enough you know uh and he's not even able to do stuff while most of the team is hurt he's just kind of still monte morris and there was this weird groundswell of folks saying oh well like he's going to be it's going to be monte morris unleashed well maybe but even if that happened he's not he don't have jokic feeding him the ball anymore so there was always going to be this weird counterbite and it's been neither He's gotten worse from an efficiency standpoint, and he hasn't really gotten any more aggressive. Feel good about not having Monte Morris, because that's probably a, a hard call to make. On the other hand, I do have some shares of Jalen Smith. And I know it's weird to refer to these things as shares. I think we've got to come up with a better way, but it is what it is for this point. He's number 182. He's been worse because his percentages have also been terrible, and I would argue maybe even worse. The blocks are okay for a little while. The rebounds have been fine for Jalen, but everything else has been a disaster. His minutes have been yanked around almost worse than Isaiah Jackson. At least with him, you're like, all right, he's going to get his 17 minutes right now while Miles Turner is around. Jalen Smith is playing 23 and a half minutes, and he doesn't really have much in the way of competition. He's just been, for stretches, bad. And then when he's bad, he gets yanked because the Pacers are still, I don't know, convincing themselves that they're not in full tank mode yet, which is... Dare I say annoying? Because they are five and six. So like, oh yeah, we don't need a tank yet. And you know that's not good for those of us who are waiting on these big men to get it going. I always ask myself the question with a guy like Jalen Smith: If I dropped him, would anybody pick him up right now? I don't think they would. I, uh, you know, I like 180. That's bad, and he barely played in their last ballgame. game. I think you could drop him. I think you could get him back if you wanted to. If you do drop him, understand that he probably goes on and off of rosters a bunch of times. He'll have a good game, he'll get added. He'll have a bad game, he'll get dropped. That's where he's in right now, in that streamer-level window where everybody's like, oh, maybe I can catch him before three good games in a row. But that type of player just isn't having three good games in a row right now. Uh, Colin Sexton is also a hold. I have one Colin Sexton, so that one's, like, kind of a different bird. He's more of a 90 range guy when he's cooking, uh, coming off a really bad ball game. I'm, he's not a guy I'm, like, super high on or anything, but I don't think that you can drop him, because generally he's, lately, at least, prior to the last ball game where he was really bad, lately he's been playing pretty close to starters minutes, and that's been enough to get him into that, like, kind of 100 range area. So probably hang on there. Um, I put him in the wrong, put him in the wrong folder here for today. So I didn't mean to talk about him yet. He's supposed to be in the holds department. Uh, the bulls, all the bulls are in the drops category, uh, other than the big names. Someone like uh, Io Dasunmu, who got off to a really good start, and we've now seen him fall down to number one fourteen, which still makes him in a lot of formats a rosterable guy. But, at the same time, we have to look at this from a, like, what have you done for me lately kind of thing. And since the Bulls mostly got healthy, Io's been outside the top 180. 11 points, 3 boards, 3 assists, but uh, pretty much nothing else. That has not, unfortunately, been enough for him to be a fantasy value. No steals, no blocks, really. No threes. He doesn't shoot three balls much. Uh, So he has not been very good lately. And then it's the same kind of story with someone like an Alex Caruso. We need somebody to be missing for him to put up those big numbers. And the one who's closest to being rostered regularly is Patrick Williams. Because even when his usage is down, when the team is healthy, he's been able to float that with defensive stats. So I could make the argument that you could probably roll the dice on Patrick Williams and just hope that you catch him on the right defensive stat day. I don't know that you have to. So maybe drops is kind of a mean place for him. But he's like right in between a drop and a hold based on a, a night-to-night and a week-to-week basis. And the final one is... I mean, this is a tougher one, I think, to to reconcile. But I'm going to put Santi Aldama in there. He's been more like a 150 or later range guy since that very quick start. I don't think he's coming back up to that big boost. Like the toll of an NBA season is just kind of wearing him down. Always figured that might be the case with rookies who burst onto the scene. Uh, You can drop him. JJJ is coming back soon anyway, so off you go. Uh, I do want to take a moment here before we get into the holds to remind you guys of our partnership with the good folks at ThriveFantasy.com and the Thrive Fantasy app. I had some fun uh, yesterday doing that on the, the live YouTube show so I could throw their website up on the screen. You could spin the Wheel of Madness on their homepage thrivefantasy.com is where you go they give you 20 prop bets you know like Kawhi if he was playing or luca it's gonna be the big names it's always the big names that are playing so tonight if you look at tonight's card and you're like oh who's on the board you're gonna you're gonna get a cat prop in a minnesota game uh you know you're gonna get a De'Aaron fox prop you're gonna get a, a ad prop if he's healthy enough to go sounds like he caught that cold that's going around and you just make a call. Do you think they have a good game or not? If you think they have a good game, you go with the over. If you think they don't, they take the under. And if you can kind of mix and match your 10 favorites out of the 20 that you can choose from, you win. Ba-bow. Easy. And for a limited time with promo code ETHOS, you get a deposit match bonus up to 250 bucks. I would strongly recommend you put in a hundo. They'll give you a hundo. You play those $20 games you got ten tries there with our DFS team, you'll come out ahead. I feel really confident about that. And plus, we're so look as bad as I am at DFS. You're just you're you're grading out how individual players are going to do on a given night. It's sort of DFS like, but not even really the same thing, because you don't have to mix and match uh, salaries. You know, you can pick whatever ten you like out of the twenty. Super easy game to figure out. Super easy game to play and a lot of fun. ThriveFantasy.com. Promo code ETHOS. Set up your account. Make that first deposit today. And make sure you use the promo code so you get that deposit match bonus and they can double you up when you get this thing going. Love it. Holds. Isaiah Jackson and Isaiah Hartenstein. I don't know that I need to explain myself on those, but I'm going to. Jackson, you're waiting out. Like, really, how long can the Lakers go here? They're a disaster. If they don't make a move in, like, the next two weeks, the season's probably just over for them. Because these new guys are going to have to get integrated anyway. we got to be able to wait that long on Isaiah Jackson. You just have to. And then with Hardenstein, I don't know what the hell Tibbs is thinking. Uh, He's getting cute. He decided Jericho Sims was going to be the answer to their uh, problems, and then they got blown out anyway. So presumably... Tom Thibodeau is going to look at his team and go, oh, look, we're better with Isaiah Hardenstein. Like, stop reinventing the wheel, Tom. Anyway, you're hanging on there. Jared Vanderbilt is a whole getting a lot of should-I-drop Vanderbilt questions, and I know he hasn't been as good lately as he was to start the year, but over the last two weeks, he's still inside the top 90. I get it. You know, we wanted more. Like, we wanted the 14-rebound, 4-steal games, but it's not going to be that way every night. Uh, he's at 9-7. and seven with a steal and three and a half assists over that stretch. So you've gotten this weird bump in, in passing that you didn't think was coming. Just, just hang with it. He's been fine. You might even be able to buy on him uh, because people are weirdly down. Um, I don't know what it would take, but perhaps I should have thrown him in the buy list, which I didn't. But if you want to, you can. Chris Boucher is a hold. I was ready to put him in the drop thing, and then we found out that Precious Achua is going to miss a bunch of time. I'm not starting Boucher in this one because it it does seem like Toronto's willing to just go with Otto Porter or Thad Young. They've got all these other options now for when someone is hurt. Uh, So, you know, you need Boucher to get in there and play well right from the outset. I will hold on for one more game just to see, like, okay, well, Achua's out now. Surely that means there's enough of an opportunity. Maybe, maybe not but we should at least check this thing out. Jaden McDaniels is in my hold board. I know he hasn't been as good lately as when things started, but he's still a starter on a team where like doing the little stuff is a big part of the equation. He's coming off a better ball game. I think you hold a little bit longer. I don't know that he's someone that I would say you have to hold all season long. I do think there's a chance that McDaniels ends up on the waiver wire, but I would give him just the tiniest bit longer. Streamers, and this one's a pretty easy one because I'll just tell you the name, I'll tell you why you're streaming them, and then whether or not I'm super confident in it. Daniel Gafford, that's a pretty confident one if Porzingis misses more time over the weekend with his groin stuff. I'm pretty confident there. Dennis Smith Jr., hurt his ankle, but basically if he's back before LaMelo Ball, you stream him because he's been been a revelation for fantasy so far this year. It's a big thing to say, but Dennis Smith Jr.'s number 63, in nine cat over 13 games. What a huge boost to get 26 steals over that stretch, almost a hundred assists. Pretty cool. That's an exciting one. I don't know. We all just kind of been rooting for Dennis Smith jr. It's been a long road to hoe Max Struess. If Tyler hero is out, deserves to be streamed. He's actually number one Oh two overall on the season. And that was with a few games where the heat were at fully healthy uh he's definitely inside the top one hundred when one of the wings well, pretty much anybody is out. He seems to be that first guy. Gabe Vincent would probably be like the next one in the pecking order if, say, like Kyle Lowry was missing some time. But for now, uh Struce just bombing in three pointers. And um Yeah. I mean, again, pretty easy one to to calculate there. Drew Eubanks, less exciting of a streamer because he's not guaranteed minutes. He played more minutes against New Orleans, not surprisingly, uh, because the Pels are gigantic. But the Blazers have shown a willingness to go small, and they've had a lot of success, actually, with their small lineups. So um, that's one where you're probably looking more, maybe less a Roto Games cap style and a little more at, do I need rebounds and field goal percent in whatever league I might be in? I put Chuma Okiki on this board because it felt mean to leave him off, but I have almost no confidence in that at all. Uh, He's a stream, potential stream while Paolo's out. Chuma usually is a guy that can get you one and a half steals per game, but that hasn't really happened yet this year. I do think that it shows up at some point, but, you know, we're talking one, two games, so in a tiny sample size, it might just not show up fast enough. Jalen Suggs was staying on Orlando. I, I, uh, I'm not a massive fan of the Suggs fantasy experiment because both percentages are terrible and they weigh heavily because when he's in there, he's pretty high usage guy. He's a points league style dude. Um, He did play better in his last one. He made his free throws. His turnovers were low. So that was helpful. Um, And, you know, for that reason, you probably keep him on your fantasy team because there's just like What if? There's this big what if moment. What if he has a game where the percentages are not terrible? And so head-to-head side, yeah, maybe you catch lightning in a bottle like that, but Roto, you catch him on the wrong day, that like, you know, 4 for 17 from the field and 4 for 9 at the free throw line type of ballgame, that's going to weigh on your team for weeks and weeks. I'd like that could actually legitimately cost you a Roto point at the end of the year. Those negatives are big. So, I'm not super stoked about Suggs as a streamer, but I also kind of understand it because there's always this, like, you know, anything could be in the box. It could even be a boat kind of deal. What if he does have that 25 and nine game where the turnovers are low and he makes six out of seven foul shots? Could happen. Catch him on the right night. Good luck to you, though. I'd rather stream Campaign, who's one of the easiest ones to call. Uh, no CP3, you start Campaign. The entire Milwaukee Bucks team is out, so roll the dice on Javon Carter. He's coming off that ridiculous 37, I think, point ball game last time out. Javon versus the universe, he probably doesn't play as well here. My guess is that he kind of blew a lot of his energy in that last ball game, but again, if there's nobody else around, ultimately he's going to have to do something. And then for the Lakers, Russell Westbrook is a stream, as long as LeBron is out, which sounds like it'll be at least a week. My guess is more like two or three, but we'll see. Uh, and Russ is going to give you nine turnovers a ball game, but he'll probably be okay in a lot of the other stuff. The watch list. Jalen Duran back on the watch list. He played more minutes than uh, Isaiah Stewart in the last one. It was a little bit of a blowout. There were some other things going on. I do kind of want to find out if there's any kind of shifting power dynamic there. I, I'd be surprised if it happened this early in the season, though. Derek White is on the watch list. Malcolm Brogdon, we knew he was going to get hurt at some point. I think this is going to be mostly good for Marcus Smart. It'll also be okay for White. It's not going to hurt him that Brogdon's out, but will it be enough to push him over the cut line? My guess is no, but I also don't know for sure, so let's keep an eye on it. Kyrie Irving news. Um... He's been meeting with everybody. Uh, Things are moving in the right direction. It sounds like he's probably not going to be back with the team on their road trip, which would mean he'd miss seven games instead of five. Um, So to that end, let's keep an eye on Seth Curry. And I have more to say on Kyrie, but I'll save that for uh, a different section of this header, and you'll find out where we're going with that one in a minute. Tara Eason is on the watch list for me. I know he's going to get added everywhere because he had a five-steal game or whatever that was and, like, 20-some-odd minutes. I, I just I think it's going to be bumpy. The minutes are going to be up and down depending on how he's playing. He's still super young. I understand, like, if your dynasty, you make that move quicker. Keeper League, you make that move quicker. Redraft, you're going to start him a bunch of times, and you're going to be disappointed in a lot of them, and then you're going to get the good one. You're going to be like, this is why I did this, and then it's going to be, like, four tough ones again. I just think folks are a tiny bit early in redraft here. K.J. Martin, uh, same team, very different reasoning for him to be on the watch list. He's been much more consistent in his minutes, but his minutes have not been consistent. I do think we're one player getting out of the way from K.J. being a, a fantasy ad. Um, and that's a watch list, uh eh. Well, I guess, uh, do I want to throw this one other name on here? Oh, I don't know. All right, Jeremy's so hot. Um, his minutes have been up. I don't know that the fantasy lines are really going to follow. So, I, But uh, yeah, whatever, it's a watch list, so throw Jeremy on there as well. The buys and sells, we're going to do those after I remind you guys once again to go check out our buddies at uh, Manscaped and ExpressVPN. I'm combining those two. Um, They didn't technically pay for an ad today, but you know what? I don't care because I like both of those companies. They've been really cool with us over the years. Third season, we've now worked with Manscaped. Second season with ExpressVPN. Um, Second season with Thrive Fantasy. This just, to me, this just, like, it feels good to have partners that want to be with your show, for a long-term partnership, for all of that. I don't know, it just warms my heart. Regardless, go to manscaped.com. Promo code there is ethos20, 20% off free shipping, whatever you get. And ExpressVPN, the promo code there is actually hoopball to get an extra three months, so 15 months for the price of 12. You get a year-long subscription. They'll make it a year and a quarter for ExpressVPN. Love that. Love ExpressVPN, that being able to hide your IP, and appear as though you were in different locations. That has so many uses that I'm sure you guys can figure out as well. So that's expressvpn.com, promo code HoopBall. Uh, That one actually I think is a special URL, expressvpn.com slash HoopBall. Uh, Manscaped, you got to enter the code uh, ethos20 at checkout. Thrive Fantasy, you got to make sure you sign up using our uh, special promo code. That's ethos again over there. All right, I got some thoughts on the buys and sells this week, and these may be a tiny bit controversial, but we're going to dive into them anyway. The buys list. Uh, A few of them are not at all controversial. Jabari Smith Jr., he'll get it going probably December, maybe January. So the buy there is perhaps even getting a little bit early on it. You might even consider waiting. And the same general story with Keegan Murray, who we've been talking about on this podcast. These guys as potential buys. You, you could probably wait a little bit longer. My guess is that things have not just magically turned for them in the last couple of days. They each had slightly better ball games their last time out, but they're not all the way there, and because of that, you know, it may be a difference of like one good game out of every five becomes one good game out of every three or four, but they're not at that point where it's two good games out of every three, which is kind of what you're looking for if you expect somebody to be like, you know, 80 range or above. So they're on the buy list, but at the same time, I think you could put them on the buy soon list, meaning not this moment, but like soon-ish. Anthony Edwards, kind of an obvious buy low. I think people are beginning to doubt uh, whether or not he's going to come back up where they drafted him, and that's good for all of us, um, because right now a lot of his issue is tied up in a punt free throw type of deal. He's at 66%. All he really needs to get up towards the 60 range is to move that back into the mid to high 70s. That's it. Because he's getting to the line often. Turnovers are also weirdly high for Edwards. I think those probably come down as the season goes. Question, of course, becomes what it would take to get him. And therein lies the problem, because this is a guy who was drafted, frankly, way too early, uh, like 20s, in the 20s, so even if someone's beginning to panic, they're probably not going to take something back that's worse than 50 range, and 50 range is kind of where I think he gets to, so we're close to a buy low. I, we need Edwards to stink for like another week, and then you might be able to get him for like a 65 range guy with some, some name buzz, but right now we're very close and just not quite there yet. Almost. Jakob Purtle is on my buy list. He's up to number 83 after a couple of better ball games, but I'll point out one key stat. One block per game. We know that's gonna move up, whether it's to 1.2, 1.4, 1.6. We know it's going up, and we know everything else is basically staying the same. If his blocks trend from okay to good, you can move him up into that like Clint Capella range, which is forty six. Cause Capella's basically been Purtle. With more blocks. Slightly lower field goal percent, slightly better free throw percent, somehow, believe it or not. It's really, it. like, the math of it is crazy. That's all it would take. Adjust his blocks from 1 to 1.6, and he jumps two and a half rounds. If you can get Pirtle for someone ranked very close to him, I would consider doing it. Namely someone like a Wendell Carter Jr. So You're, like, trading big men. Maybe they're like, oh, like, I don't... Someone The Pirtle guys wants to get off his terrible free throw percent, and that's understandable. Uh, Maybe that would get it done. Um, Bobby Portis right behind him doesn't get the defensive stats, but doesn't kill you in free throws and scores a little bit better. I don't know. That probably doesn't get it done, but maybe it does. Uh, Vanderbilt is right in there. That might get it done. Uh, Someone like a Mike Conley might get it done, although you're changing your team makeup a little bit there. The guys that aren't going to get it done, uh, Sadiq Bey, Boyan Bogdanovich, those guys are probably not going to Make it work for Purtle, uh, D'Anthony Meldon, Aaron Gordon, probably not gonna get it done. But see if you can work on that one. I, I I think he can be had and I think there's actually a little value there. And the other two names on my buy list this week are the ones that are probably gonna get you guys yelling at me, and it's Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie Irving. Both of them. Yep. I know it's a fat roll of the bite buy- the dice. I will say this. Uh on the Kawhi side. Head-to-head, no. There is no price that I would pay for Kawhi Leonard in a head-to-head league because he's just going to be occupying a roster spot and missing games regularly. Roto Games cap, absolutely there is a price I would pay for him. The word is that he's participating in five-on-five. He's getting much closer. I think we probably see him back on the court within the next seven to ten days. So some of those names I was just talking about for Jakob Purtle might even make sense for Kawhi. Aaron Gordon, Bobby Portis. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Wendell Carter Jr. would almost definitely get it done. People forgetting how little he does on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Mike Conley, I don't know if I'd go much higher than that. Kevin Herter probably doesn't have enough name power to get it done. Maybe someone a little later who has more name power, like a Jordan Clarkson or a Trey Jones or a Gary Trent Jr. I think those guys could probably do it. Now, again, on the Roto Games cap side... This is what we're talking about because Kawhi is going to be a huge headache. But if he ever gets up into those mid-20s and minutes, he just blows these dudes out of the water and it's not even close. I think the argument on the Kyrie side is going to be a little bit less uh, controversial or angering or (laughs) whatever you guys want to call this one. Um, And that's because, you know, with the news today that he's not going to, probably not going to play on the Nets upcoming four-game road trip, I think you can juxtapose that. With all of the quotes coming out about Kyrie, which, you know, Adam Silver says he's certain that Kyrie is not anti-Semitic. And Joe Tsai said he had a meeting with him and it went really well. And his teammates are talking about how excited they are to have Kyrie back. Everyone's saying things to make us believe that he's coming back soon. And the difference between playing and not playing on the Nets four-game road trip is two games. Because he wasn't going to be playing in the first couple of those anyway. I think he's been out three, right? He's been out for three games so far. Um, Maybe I got that wrong. Maybe it's four instead of three. Regardless, you're talking about a difference of probably two games. And then perhaps he does return as the team comes back home. These things, whatever, like the meetings that are all taking time to set up. And I think you know there's an expectation that he still has to do a little bit more like the cultural training or learning or whatever it is. Like, however you feel about all that stuff, it's all taking a little bit of time. And the idea that he would blitz through them uh, was probably always a little bit crazy. Like, this was always going to take a little bit more than a week to sort out. And so, I still think people are probably and rightfully concerned that he's going to have some other thing that screws stuff up for him. But if we try to just separate the number from the event. Again, this is a fantasy basketball podcast. So I know some of you are out there like, Dan, you cannot separate those two things. Well, we have to because we're trying to make a like a stock market kind of call here. Uh, and just say, okay, if at the end of this, miss, or Kyrie misses seven games, that's basically like a medium sprained ankle, like two weeks. If someone's just like, this dude's going to miss two weeks, and they're a top 10 per game fantasy player, you wouldn't even for a minute hesitate to just squad on him. Now, the problem, of course, is we always think the next thing is right around the corner for Kyrie. Just treat him like he's injury prone. Treat him like a Kristaps Porzingis that you drafted in the 40s, knowing he was going to miss 20 games. Or hell, treat him like a Paul George, who was drafted near 20, who's probably going to miss 15 to 20 games. So what would you spend to trade for a guy like Paul George right now if he was hurt for two weeks? You'd probably give up something in the 40 to 50 range or even potentially better. And I believe you can get Kawhi Leonard. Or, why do I keep doing that? I got to stop talking about Kawhi and Kyrie back to back. I'm like flipping letters around in each of their names. We're talking about Irving. I think you could get Kyrie Irving for someone ranked between fifty and sixty-five right now, which among players in that range that have some name power? Bam out a bio, ton of name power in there. Uh, LeBron and Trey Young, but let's we don't need to go that high in the name power. Tyler Hero might get it done. Um, Evan Mobley is in that range, might get it done. Go with a name, a buzzy name. Brandon Ingram is ranked seventy-two. And he's probably not going, bad news for you guys, he's probably not going that much higher than that this year. That's, I mean, this is who Ingram is. He's 50 to 70 range. Like, the, all that stuff that we saw a couple years ago, that's just, that's not there. And he has too many teammates now for the usage to take 22 shots per ballgame, whatever he would need. Uh, if you think someone's overperforming, maybe like a John Collins, uh, probably doesn't get it done. Devin Vassell at 43 might get it done. So look, and again, like Roto Games cap, this is an easier decision to make than head-to-head because with head-to-head, you got to be aware of the next two-week absence coming around the corner. But if Kyrie Irving somehow makes it through this season from this point on, only missing say an additional, I don't know, 12 games out of the remaining like 70 that his team is playing in that neck of the woods, uh, then that would be a good investment from now until the end. Excluding the games he's missing currently, but you're gonna have to. If you want to do this one, you have to act on it quickly because every game he misses, he's more than likely one game closer to returning because he's not hurt. Like we we know there's a timeline here, and it's gonna get really clear very soon when they're just like, okay, Ty- Kyrie's done all the stuff now he can come back. Uh, if you want to act on this one, you got to do it fast. The sell side of the ledger. This is always ones that's gonna get me in trouble. Luka Doncic, he's fallen to number ten after, not surprisingly, tiring a little bit in his last couple ballgames. He's looked a little more tired. The blocks have come down. The free throw percent has come down. The field goal percent has come down. Turnovers are ticking up a little bit. Steals are still at two per ballgame. There's no way that lasts the entire season. He's on his way to falling probably into the middle of the second round, which would still be a really good season. But Luka does get tired because he doesn't have much help. Spencer Dinwiddie, I mean, yeah, he's done more lately, mostly because luka has been so exhausted. But like, we we know there's there's there are problems built in here. But luka has been so exciting so far this year: thirty-four points, eight boards, eight assists, two and a half threes, two steals. You can probably get a first rounder for him. I don't know which one. You know, ca- hacking up along Anthony Davis, something <laughs> Dejounte Murray maybe. He's 13th. He's been really good so far this year. I'd rather have DeJounte over Luca the rest of the way. Big name. You could get something for him. Now, if he blows up your build in head-to-head, it's kind of a different bird. But Roto, like, that free throw number, that's painful right now. Donovan Mitchell, he's number seven, and he's definitely not going to shoot 51% the entire year. But I should add, I think there's a very real chance Donovan Mitchell stays inside the top 25, so I don't think I would sell him for anything worse than that. And I don't know how much we could get that's better than that. Like, maybe you could get Paul George for him. I don't think you could get Jimmy Butler. Maybe you could. Those are a couple of names I might consider uh, for Donovan Mitchell. And then finally, Spencer Dinwiddie, who's the other side of that Luka Doncic thing. Spencer's had two huge games in a row. He launched himself from number 110 to number 48 with two gigantic basketball games. But he's shooting over his head from the field by a lot And his steals are also really high, as well as three three three-pointers per game. Very high in threes, very high in field goal percent. Those things don't tend to go together. Um, I think Dinwiddie probably falls back more towards the 80 range. So if you can get anything between 50 and 80, that would probably be a prudent choice on the Dinwiddie side. Lightning round through the weekend. We've already done our advertisements to this point. Oh, you know what I'll ask you guys to do before we get to the very end of the show when you all tune, tune me out anyway? Please do leave a five-star review on the pod. I know a number of you have done it. Go into the podcast app on your mobile device or iTunes and search for Fantasy NBA Today. You can't just click on the show even though you're already listening to it. you got to search for Fantasy NBA Today. Click on the show title if you're on mobile or the, the name of the show, not the episode title. And then scroll down, and you can do rating and review on that next page. If you're on iTunes, uh, once you search for the the show name, if you click on that, there should be a tab that'll allow you to rate and review. Please do drop a five-star review on it. If you have something nice to write, even better. uh, That stuff helps us short and long-term. And do make sure to click the subscribe button as well. Okay, let's see how fast we can get through the weekend. Can we do it in three and a half minutes? That's my target. Tonight, here's what we're looking for on a medium-sized Friday, eight-game card. That's a ni- I like eight-game cards. This is a nice, friendly number of basketball games. Uh, Boston, we're going to be looking at whether or not Malcolm Brogdon's absence causes anything to sort of shake things up. But does anybody move across the cut line there? Uh, campaign Chris Paul stuff in Phoenix. Mo Bamba is the thing I'm watching in Orlando. M- more than Jalen Suggs, uh, without question there. For Detroit, uh, we talked about it on the Jalen Duran front. Is anything shifting there? Uh, New York, Isaiah Hartenstein's role here as Tom Thibodeau yanks him around. Toronto, we talked to Chris Boucher. Uh, and anything else going on with Pascal Siakam and now Precious Achua both out? Could it be Thad Young time? Could it be Otto Porter time? Maybe we're looking at the wrong guy. Oklahoma City, you're watching Poku, you're watching Jalen Williams, you're watching Trey Mann. Can anybody else start to get more consistent minutes? My guess would be No. But if, even if it's only Poku, that's kind of reason enough to pay attention to that situation. Milwaukee, everybody's out. That's just Stream Central. San Antonio, nothing. Minnesota, nothing really. Memphis, nothing really. Cleveland, nothing really. How about that? Golden State, nothing really. Jordan Poole's been bad. Andrew Wiggins has been very good. I guess that's something you could talk about. Or have been off for a while? I haven't talked about the Warriors in forever. The Kings, um, Harrison Barnes had a really efficient ball game his last time out, but he's just not doing that much. So if it's going to take that level of efficiency to get him on our radars, that means there's going to be two to three really quiet games, typically, in between better ones. Malik Monk is the guy I'd rather watch in Sacramento, especially now against the Lakers. This one's screaming nice Malik Monk game as the Kings score 140 on a Lakers team that might be without LeBron and without Anthony Davis. Lonnie Walker, by the way, upgraded to probable. He should he should be decent, I would think, with LeBron out. That's a lot of extra shots to go around. Uh, Lakers' schedule is bad, so from a head-to-head standpoint, this isn't going to be particularly useful information. But if, say, AD plays sick and LeBron is out, Getting an idea of what the Lakers look like with no LeBron is actually kind of useful. Like, does Pat Beverly do enough? Does Lonnie Walker do enough? How soon until Dennis Schroeder's back? And then will he do enough? I think this is one of those data point games, so let's just collect a data point and go from there. Brooklyn in L.A. taking on the Clippers as we flip the calendar over to Saturday. Uh... I, again, I'd have, I don't have trust in Cam Thomas, and we saw it in the last one. It's just, like, with Kyrie out, it's, I, I do think that it's going to rotate. We saw Seth Curry got hot in the last one. I think you can probably just leave that situation alone unless somehow we, you know, if Curry's the guy who really gets going, that would be useful. But I'm not taking the plunge on any of them. Clippers, same general story. We know the three guys we want to use there. Utah. Not watching a ton on a game-to-game basis, mostly S- C- Colin Sexton. Daniel Gafford uh, in that Washington game. If Porzingis has to sit, that would be something you could watch. And if Beal's still out, um, sounds like he might be, by the way. Then Kuzma should go crazy. We've talked Toronto already. Indiana, you're watching the big guys, but really we're just kind of waiting things out. Boston, we talked about already. Detroit, we talked about already. Atlanta, nothing. Philly, Melton is the only real story there. Charlotte, you're watching the injury report. Does Dennis Smith Jr. get to play? How close is LaMelo Ball? Is Gordon Hayward anywhere near returning? Miami, injury report too. Uh, and how that would lead to anything going on with Max Struess. So again, this is more streamer territory. Portland, not much. I mean, it's Nurk. His health is the only question mark there. Dallas, not much. Uh, I don't think Dwight Powell is good enough. Uh, he was better in that last ballgame, but it, you know, Christian Wood sounds like he's really close to going. Houston, you're watching Jabari Smith Jr., watching K.J. Martin, seeing if any of those guys can carve out a more consistent role. And with the Pelicans, Larry Nance Jr. on the radar, uh, Trey Murphy kind of on the radar, and again, what that does to someone like Jonas Valanciunas. And then as we roll through Sunday, the end of our lightning round, does anybody not play on Friday or Saturday? Yes, you guys are thinking the right thing, which is, Dan, you should prepare better. And I think the answer is Chicago. I think they're the only team that skips a few. But uh, with the Bulls, you can mostly watch Patrick Williams at this point. I think it's safe to say Io and Caruso, they need one of the high usage guys to be out to get into the fantasy good graces part of the card. Williams is the one that might, might slip through uh, even when that team is fully healthy. And that's all the stuff we're watching over the weekend. I'm sure some other news will break, so you can't just rely on this. That is why I must once again remind you guys, follow me over on Twitter at Dan DanBesbris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Lots to discuss every single day. I will see you on social. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Let's win those fantasy matchups. And Monday, reverse chronological lightning round, coming right back at you here. Thanks again for listening once again to Fantasy NBA Today, a Sports Ethos presentation. Yo